Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk TDs podcast. I'm AD. And I'm Jerry. Dang, Jerry. What'd you think about those games last week, though? Those upsets. Some upsets. Um, I mean, I feel like for the most part, a lot of them went kind of how I expected, except for probably that Seahawks game. It's probably the well, one. actually, Seahawks, Baltimore. Who did Baltimore play again? Oh, yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those you know, Lamar went. Jackson. Yeah. But... Not very impressive. There were some fun games, though. Yeah. I mean, Baltimore, Tennessee wasn't high scoring, but it was upsetting. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a a fun, fun playoff wild card games last week. And this week, Jerry, we got some more news coming out the NFL. All right, let's hear it. Falcons signed the offensive coordinator from the Tennessee Titans, Arthur Smith. How do you think this is going to affect their season next season? I mean, I kind of like the hire. I think it's pretty good, and I'm pretty sure the reason why he agreed is because he's got a, you know, a savvy vet in Matt Ryan, similar to a Ryan Tannehill, another savvy vet. So I think it, I think it'll be a good matchup. Don't you think the Atlanta Falcons though they need something they need some defensive help. They lost Dan Quinn, a defensive-minded head coach, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But they also need some defensive help. Don't you think they should have, you know, got a defensive-minded head coach? No, because I think at the end of the day, offense and quarterback play, good quarterback play wins you more ball games. I mean, obviously having a great defense will help you go far in the playoffs, but I mean, at first you got to win your division and to win the most games, I think you get to do it by scoring more points. Yeah. And, uh, I was going to put my two cents in this cause, uh, look, the Tennessee Titans, I think they look good because of their offensive coordinator. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Their offense, their, their coach is also great. You know, he's a great time management manager, but Ryan Tannehill, man, the leap that he had, that offense coordinator had a big role in that. And I think that's going to also affect Matt Ryan's play. Because Matt Ryan's, you know, to me, he's looked like he's been on a decline. But I think this change of scenery is also going to help him propel to be better. And maybe get him back to those playoff, you know, just playoff days where he's making the playoffs every year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see that that's what I was saying is like a – I mean, I feel like he agreed to the job because of the fact that he's got Matt Ryan. And uh, I think it'll be a good mesh, you know. I mean, they got weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I think all they got to do is just, you know, uh, hire a new D coordinator. You know, sometimes just a new yeah. voice in the locker room will, you know, and sometimes that makes a big jump. So I like to see what that, uh, you know, hire will do with Atlanta. All right, all right. Now let's go to the Texans. So apparently... The Texans' general manager, Cal McNair, has made contact with Deshaun Watson about hiring that that he wants him to be part of hiring the new head coach for the Texans. 
how do you see that? Like, to me, I feel like I understand why Deshaun Watson wants to be part of that. But like, in these days, these last few years, like we we never seen really, we never really seen a quarterback wanting to be part of the hiring process for a head coach. It's, it's to me, it's been it's, it's like it's been changing. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, um, really, I just see it more as like uh, the front office just trying to calm down the diva, and uh, if him feeling like he has some sort of position of power to have some word in on this hire, yeah, to smooth over their relationship. I mean, they'll give that perception. But and then there's there's also talks of Deshaun Watson going to the Dolphins. Yeah, I think that's just headlines because you know something exciting to talk hey. about just for something to the fans. Do you think it'll be worth it though? Not for either one of the teams. Neither team. Neither one ne- of the teams? No. I neither. mean, someone has to come out on top, though. I mean, yeah, that's why neither team would want to do it. But no, Nobody it, wants to but get screwed it does, over. it does benefit somebody. I mean, it could, but nobody will do it. Because why? Because the price is too deep? The price will be either be too steep or it'll be too shallow, and the team will be like, I'm not getting compensated enough or I'm having to give up too much. So, uh, but either you're giving up draft picks or you're getting a franchise quarterback. That's that's pretty much the deal. So, either the Texans are getting their compensation from draft picks and Tua, which is not even like a set in stone quarterback, right? Which or everyone would the agree. Dolphins will get a franchise quarterback and you know give up their draft picks, like. I think I think it's a fair deal. Like, I think it's not. Well, it depends because like, if you give up your draft picks, your first round draft picks for the Dolphins in this year, I think that would be a fair trade. I think a great example as to why you don't do that is look at Texans this year. They did terrible, and now they don't have their draft picks. And guess who has them? The Dolphins. But do. they they invested in a quarterback that wasn't, you know. Hold on. Are you talking about the Redskins or the Texans? I said the Texans. What, because they gave up too much capital? No, I said the Texans did a... Yeah, they gave up too much capital, and now they don't have any draft picks to build their team for the future. That's exactly why... I'm thinking thinking more about the Redskins, because the Redskins gave up so much capital... The Washington football team. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The Washington football team gave up so much for Robert Griffin III. Whenever he then they they didn't even know he was gonna be the head of the franchise. They thought he was, but they didn't know. Right. And the Dolphins, I feel like they kind of know he can be the head of the franchise. Most likely, like maybe eighty percent, they'll be the he he that Deshaun Watson will be the head of the franchise, and they will have to you know put more weapons around them. They probably won't be able to do it this year, and they probably can even with second round, third round picks. They can. But that's why I feel like if the Dolphins give up their first two round, first two first round picks to the Texans to get Deshaun Watson and give up Tua, I think that would be a fair deal for them. I don't think so. I think that uh, I think the Dolphins need to just keep all the resources because I think the best thing for any franchise, not just the Dolphins, but any franchise, is to have flexibility. And, uh, like, right now, Texans don't have flexibility. 
it's either we trade Deshaun Watson and try to get whatever we can for it. Either we get undersold or we happen to get a ransom. I don't know about ransom. getting undersold. I don't think that we give him up for un- being undersold, though. Well, I mean, well, that's what I'm saying, though, is like you have no options. That's their only options. Mm-hmm. Versus like Miami, they could ride with Tua. They could draft another quarterback. They could trade away their players. They could sign a free agent. Like the doors are wide open for the Dolphins. But see, with the Dolphins, you don't know if to me Tua doesn't look like a franchise quarterback right now. He does not look like a franchise quarterback. And you don't know if they even draft a quarterback that he's gonna be a franchise quarterback. The most important position in a team is the quarterback position. So why would a new general manager, which is the Texans, trade away the most important position? When you already have one locked down long term, because he's not happy there. Doesn't that, doesn't it, matter. It does that, matter. That's why. That's why he. You whenever just, a player is not headline, happy, whenever a player is not happy with a team, you know that's gonna show in their play. Well, all that does is hurt his stock. I mean, it doesn't As, really like. No, every, yeah, every, it does. You're gonna Ask trade on Bell because right now, what what they're what are they saying? Like they're they're saying that the Dolphins is gonna are gonna trade like two first round picks this year and. A, pick next year like projection or whatever like that's not gonna hurt the texans that's gonna benefit the texans even if they get two first round picks this year that's gonna benefit them no him not playing good doesn't benefit the texans or deshaun watson like if he didn't leave yeah like if he stays there against his will and like you said he's disgruntled and he's i mean it it will affect it will affect them because it'll affect the texans because they'll lose and it'll affect deshaun watson because everyone will notice that he's a spiteful little brat who will play bad when he's not happy but that hurts his stock i mean i mean i I, I said that hurt his stock but it's not gonna hurt his pocket because he's 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 under he's under he's under deal right now well yeah but if he's gonna have to pay him out either way if he gets cut though you know that does if he gets if he gets cut he's gonna get max monies either way i mean you can get your stock can go down even if you're a quarterback believe me it can go down but he's still gonna be he's still gonna be a winston i would still say he was gonna be a top five Top five paid quarterback. Right. I, I mean, we're getting a little sidetracked. The whole point yeah. was is that the Dolphins, or not the Dolphins, the Texans don't have any leverage. I mean, Deshaun Watson doesn't no, have leverage. No, I understand that. I don't. I understand the Texans don't have any leverage because the Texans would benefit. I think they're the ones that are going to benefit from this trade. Well, but, they have no choice. But also the Dolphins will benefit greatly too because they will have a franchise quarterback. Right, but like let's say Tua is the guy. Now they got a franchise quarterback for the Chief. Or they choose to draft a quarterback at three and trade away to it for another first round pick. But like you have so much more flexibility as the Dolphins. But that's why it goes both ways because I don't think so. I it think does it's because it, because Deshaun Watson's a proven commodity when Tua isn't. Right. I know what you're saying, but what but what I'm saying is if you feel the need to trade away a top three, top five quarterback away from your franchise. You know, you're more than one or two picks away. That's why exactly the Texans are willing to do that. That's what I'm saying is that they're in a they're in a position where they feel they need to do that. That's a bad position for any team to be in. Versus the Dolphins, in my opinion, like I said, are in a great position where they have the luxury to be like, do we want Deshaun Watson? I don't know. Do we want to? I don't know. Do we want to get one of these top four quarterbacks that yeah, are coming Yeah, they got out? multiple choices. And that's always better for yes, any team. I understand that. I understand so that. So wh- why give away that luxury right here You know here what's at better point? for any team? A quarterback. Right, which is why 
the Texans, which is one of those any teams you're referring to, aren't going to give them away. That's why this is not a real discussion. I know. I know, but it's fun to talk about. I mean, it is fun, but it's not to me. It's just not realistic. When I see it, I'm like, it's not realistic. It can happen, though. I mean, it can happen. Anything can happen, really. But I mean, but either way, yeah, we'll see what the Texans do. They're gonna see if, see if uh, Deshaun Watson is in those talks for the next head coach, and I think he already said that. He wants him to be in those talks. So, look, if I was the Dolphins, I would just keep both my first round picks, keep two, and we'll just recreate the national champions of Alabama. We'll just draft Devontae Smith and you know Nazi Harris, running back in the first round. Yeah, running back. I mean, pick eighteen, no big deal. It's happened before. We've seen worse. We've seen running backs taken in the top ten. Nah, just get, go undrafted. I mean, you can. That'd be that'd be ideal, but I mean, like they got Ahmed for undrafted. Yeah, I mean, you can do that, but I mean. We're trying to create buzz too, and and you know Miami. Well, create just get bu- two wide receivers in the first round. You know, you can might do as that. well get all the weapons. I mean, you could do that too. Again, like <laughs> I said, I'm just trying to create buzz. What what yeah. sounds more enticing? You know, I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson's fun and all, but like, wouldn't it also doesn't it sound fun to get you know, just the national champions Alabama offense on your? I mean, team? that sounds fun too. You just, know, I mean, it could work out. It could not. I mean, you never know. Yeah. I mean, just like it could work out having Deshaun Watson on your team or not. I mean, it's not working. Deshaun for the Watson, Devontae Parker. I don't think he's Devontae Parker's a guy, but I mean, hey, hey I he's think, okay. I think Miami should draft a wide receiver. Oh, well, third they sh- definitely should. I think they should, for sure. But uh, now let's move on to our next topic: the Jaguars getting Urban Myers. How do you feel about that? You think this is a good pickup? You know, they're just they're trying to just. I think I this mean, is- they're, they're already. Technically, they already fucking cleaned house. You know, they're going to clean house this year. New quarterback. New head coach. They're going to... They already got rid of all their defensive weapons. So, you know, it's just... It's going to be an interesting year for the Jaguars. I like the hire for the Jags, and I like the hire for the NFL because I feel like, you know... um experience and successful college coaches always bring a certain energy to the NFL when they first come in. You know, does that always mean they're always successful long-term? No, not always. No, but I feel like usually they come off to a pretty exciting start, just bringing a certain energy to the football team and to this, the league, like I said. So, uh, urban Myers, a very decorated, uh, you know, college from Ohio state, the Ohio state. Oh, sorry. I don't want to offend nobody. Apparently, Ohio state. And, um, I think it'll be I think it'll be exciting and cool, especially since, I mean he he could take his guy if he wants to. I mean the Jags were, were the Jags. They're oh no no he the Jags are the first overall. Yeah they're they're, they're gonna, first. They're taking yeah, Trevor Lawrence. They're gonna take Trevor Lawrence for sure. So I mean Trevor Lawrence is great quarterback coming out of college. You know one of the from this is actually fun developments because Justin Fields obviously we all know is the other top. Prospect yeah. at quarterback, which I think was it's number two, which was you know his quarterback. So we don't know. This is like I said, this is a little it's, interesting. It's, it's little interesting, in- but I think it, that also comes down to the GM. You know, could could. So I think I think they're gonna have to take Trevor Lawrence, the highest prospect in that draft. I think also to say that head coach doesn't have an opinion. Is a little understated, but I mean, yeah, it's very hard to pass up on Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, it's very hard whenever, just his numbers say it, you know. So, 
hey, Justin Fields looked phenomenal against Clemson. Threw for six touchdowns against them. So yeah, no. I joke. mean, he can have a good games, but so, I think it's a good hire though. I like the energy of yeah. uh, college it'll, coaches it'll be coming very, to the NFL. It'll be a very fun draft this year for sure. Interesting, actually, I would say, but we'll see. Where is the draft? Do you know by any chance? Uh, not at the top of my head, but you know, we'll find out. Ah, uh, we'll find out, cause yeah, I mean, we still gotta talk a lot about the draft. I mean, it's still early. It's season. early January. Sorry, I'm I'm excited. I like the draft. I like. Oh draft yeah, season. I do too. But um, yeah. So the I mean, I mean, what's the, your takes on it? I think the Jaguars are in a great position to become a way better team next year. Just. With the quarterback play, with the quarterback position being open right now, and you know they got DJ Chark, they got they got Robinson. You know, is it's for the offense is looking good right now. Defensively, they're gonna have to fill in a lot of holes because you know this season, this last season, is just they're one of the worst defenses. I think that's that's. They can be really good, but I think that's really going to affect them the most. This is the def- defensive side of the field. They got rid of so many weapons. It's going to be hard to come back from that. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely a team that's uh, they're on their way to, you know, building a team still. I mean, they're, yeah. they need to still establish, you know, what they're trying to be and whatnot. But, but I guess Trevor Lawrence and uh, I guess James Robertson is, uh, I guess – what we're gonna look for in Jacksonville? And that DJ Chark, like, you know, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's not it, bad. No, no, not at all. I mean, there, there's definitely some, you know, wide receivers over there, but they need to get more. <laughs> yeah, they need to get more weapons, especially for Trevor Lawrence, or protect them. Yeah, or protect them. So, I mean, it's not bad. And what about your boy, the stash? Man, I, I know you like him. So I do. That's why I wanted to bring him up. So I feel like they're disrespecting him a little bit. I mean, not the Jags themselves. It's more the NFL. Because, I mean, I get it. When you get a prospect like Trevor Lawrence and you happen to be the first overall pick, I mean, I like Minshew, but, I mean. uh, Well, where do you think he'll be landing if if they trade him more? I mean, I can see him in quite a few spots. I would like to see him. As a backup or a starter? I'd like to see him compete for a starting job because I think okay. the guy can do it. You know what I mean? I think if he's put in a situation where he's got protection and there's some solid weapons around him, I think he so could. So what, what would be a good team for that, though? That, that's kind of hard right now. I don't think it's that hard. I mean, I think there's some pretty clear-cut places he could go. I don't know how you might feel about it. I feel like he could go to the Broncos, compete with Drew Locke. I agree. You know, just compete with Drew Locke. He'd be a good backup for Drew Locke. I think one, for the start of the season. Right. I mean, we're just a guy to compete because I think like this is how I view the Broncos. When I look at their roster and look at, you know, their draft position, I'm like, all right, they could, if they're lucky, they can get one of these quarterbacks if one of them falls to them. Or, you know, they can invest one more year in Drew Locke and then bring in Garden Minshew, another young quarterback who's developing, and make them compete out and see what happens. Maybe see, you I find a th- diamond see, in the rough. I think different from that. I think like, I think you should give Drew Locke Another six games to start the season. See how he's progressed. See if he's become a better quarterback. And if he hasn't, then you would implement Minshew in, into that position. If he if he didn't grow, if he didn't produce, if he didn't grow as a player. Right. So, well, as a Broncos fan, that, that's me coming as a Broncos fan. Look, I, I 
Drew Locke, he's a he's a very inconsistent quarterback since he's been with the Broncos. He's had really good sparks. He's had really bad games. He's had mediocre games. He's had decent games. Like, I've seen all the above from Drew Locke. So, it's kind of hard to for me to see Drew Locke competing for the starting job in the beginning of the season next year. Well, let me let me just read you off what Gardner Minshew did in in his limited time because he wasn't even a full-time starter. He had 2,200 passing yards, 16 yeah. touchdowns, five interceptions. Okay, I understand that. We, Can Drew Locke say he has similar numbers to that? No, I, I know that. So, like, I, this is where I feel like the shame is coming from because it's not like this guy can't play I mean, 16 touchdowns to five interceptions. Yeah. I can name a handful of teams that would take a quarterback like that. And this isn't even a guy who played the whole season. Yeah. Like, I would just imagine. I can just imagine a team who's actually invested in trying to utilize this player to win versus like Jacksonville was they were they were selling house. They weren't trying to win. No, they made no. it very obvious. No, no, no. They were tanking, obviously. Yeah, they, they made it very obvious. And he still did respectable granted do they win games no but we saw why they didn't win games they didn't put players out on the field that could win games yeah i understand that but i'm talking about as in the standpoint of a broncos fan right no again i'm thinking also like i think that i think that he's better than uh daniel jones who was taken third overall like two years ago see what with me with daniel jones is like i don't think he has the personnel around him to for him to be good like neither did Garden Minshew. And but guess Garden Minshew at least has weapons. Like what weapon? Daniel, he has DJ that, Shark and, and James Robertson. Yeah, and then who does Daniel Jones have? Daniel Daniel Jones has two solid wide receivers in uh, Sterling Shepard and uh, Evan. I don't Ingram. think that's good. Like I think DJ Shark is better, way better than those two wide receivers. And then his running back got hurt this year. Right, Shaquan Barkley is like, it's it's, it's this year it's kind of hard to grade Daniel Jones because of all. First of all, Sterling Shepard wasn't consistent with injuries this year, so he he was hurt a lot of a lot of this year, and then Evan Ingram was also inconsistent because the game plan wasn't in it for him. Jason he made Garrett, the Pro Bowl. Jason Garrett, what tight end making the Pro Bowl is like? It's not very hard, especially when you're. Uh, athlete hey, there's only like, there's only like three of them that make it on oh, each side. I understand of the conference. that, and then there's not that many tight, great tight ends in the NFL. That's fair. That's so, fair. And Jason Garrett did not implement Evan Ingram in the plan. It's like that's why it's hard for me to 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 grade Daniel Jones this year because he lost his best player. He also lost, you know, he he didn't have consistent wide receivers on the field, so it's kind of hard for me to. Great Daniel Jones this year. Look, this is what all I see is I see Daniel Jones, I see Sam Darnold, I see Drew Locke, I see this guy, Garden Minshew. I see I see I'll even throw in Dwayne Haskins, which four of those guys I named were all first rounders. So I would say Minshew, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones. Uh, see the what my point is is I would consider them all roughly in the same category. Yeah. Except that with regarding Minshew, you get consistency from the sixth round pick salary. Yeah, I understand why, that. Why wouldn't you want that? 
just competing. And again, I get it. I know why because because we made the investment in the first round. Who's already getting paid like six million per but year? But not versus, even Drew Lock. He was the second round pick. Right, but I mean, but he's still a high, high draft pick yeah, that y'all invested in. Yeah, that you're, that's why y'all aren't even. You know, that's why I haven't given up yet because you're like, well, we invested a second round pick in this guy. Yeah, I mean, basically, bottom line is. I just think he deserves to compete for a starting job. I mean, you got the Colts that are vacant, Patriots, just any, basically any team that, you know, is quarterback needy, who's beyond the, the top 10 is, I mean, yeah, just compete. No, I also agree. I mean, I think I do believe he deserves a shot. Maybe the Redskins too, you know, it's just the Redskins need a I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, I again. Mean, Washington football team, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the Washington football team. And unfortunate for them, they could have been picking like 11th overall, but they had to make they it to the playoffs. They had to win the NFC. Yeah, they, well, they win it, and now they're picking 19th outside of the quarterback position. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's easily, uh, yeah, that's a great team right there. Obviously, I mean, they released a first-round pick into Wayne Haskins. Heineken? You don't like Heineken? I mean, it's a it's a cute story, but I mean, the man's already twenty seven years old. Like, I mean, he he looked good though. But that's probably that was probably his best game he'll ever have. Cause he'll never start again. Probably. Oh, okay. So understandable. I mean, I mean it's a cool story All though. Right, but let's move on though. To your Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys sign Dan Quinn to defensive coordinator. How do you feel about this? You know how his defense looked last year, so I'm kind of I want to pick your brain on this. You think he's gonna be an upgrade or a downgrade to your team? I think it'll be an upgrade. Okay. I think for the the, I think for the most part, it's a relatively safe and solid pick. Yeah. Um, I think it's an upgrade for the most part because he's ran a successful defense. Has he ran it lately? No, not in probably the last two years. Yeah, none no, no, no the last two years for sure. But the last two years, people felt to realize he wasn't a defensive coordinator. He was the head coach. He was the head coach, but he wasn't calling the defense. So that does make a difference. When you're the head coach, you don't have the same responsibilities as when you're calling defensive plays or offensive plays. Yeah. Sometimes the job does entail you to do both, but in his case, it did not. So with that being said – um, He's done it successfully before. And another thing is, this is not a Mike McCarthy hire in the sense that this wasn't just one of Mike McCarthy's uh, homeboys. That he's like, hey, you did me a favor way back yonder. I'm going to do you a favor. No, this is the staff actually going out there, doing their due diligence, and uh, picking a guy that will best fit this team's scheme and players. And uh, this team is built for a 4-3 defense. Dan Quinn is a 4-3 defensive coordinator. And, um, I mean, we all know that once upon a time, you know, he – was the defensive coordinator for the Legion of Boom. We know once upon a time he took Atlanta Falcons, who were a nobody team, and took them to the Super Bowl. Lost the Super Bowl, but still, you got to have some sort of a savvy to coach a team up and take them to the Super Bowl. And uh, that those are my optimisms. Obviously, yeah, we know his, uh, his flaws. We've seen him. But he's a 500 coach. He's won more games as a head coach than he's lost. So, again... To me, the idea that I have a coach that at one point was a head coach and a successful defensive coordinator, I mean, I just think it's it's a good recipe. We're 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 bringing in some coaches with pedigree. I mean, that's something. But how f- how much do you think he will propel your team to be a, de- a at least a decent 
defensive team. I mean, again, I think he'll do fine because, again, he's a 4-3 kind of guy, and he likes to run cover three. And uh, I think right now this personnel fits good for that type of uh, scheme that he likes to run. Yeah, we need, we don't have a, a you know an Earl Thomas or a Richard Sherman, but you know there is a draft coming up, and we do have a lot of draft picks. So maybe we can acquire some players that have similar traits. Again, nobody's ever going to draft an Earl Thomas or a Sherman. Yeah, but you don't you don't know until I mean, you have you don't them. Know. Yeah. yeah, you don't know until you have them. But uh, you know maybe we can find some guys that have similar traits that he likes and uh, run the scheme he wants. So I, I'm optimistic. I think he's a a better teacher. He's an upgrade at least. Yeah, I think so. He's a better teacher. I mean, his his for the most part, he's he's about a middle of the pack defensive coordinator anywhere okay. from I mean, twelve to fifteen. I mean, we have a lot of holes to fill on the defensive side. We do, and we have a lot of draft picks. I think yeah. we have eleven this year. So okay, I think we. So he can he can at least work with that. Yeah, I think we have the ammunition to just completely uh just completely remake that defense. Okay. So uh, I think yeah I think I think it's exciting. I'm I bet, I, bet, I bet you're excited. I'm extremely excited. I've already started my draft process. I'm already looking at prospects of what, scouting what, players. Yeah, I mean, I'm scouting guys. I'm seeing yeah. I'm seeing what's there and available for us there. So uh, yeah, right. don't worry. We'll get into that. I'm Jerry. optimistic, man. We'll get into that. But let's go on. Jets signing 49ers head defensive coordinator Robert Saleh. You already know this was going to happen eventually for him because you know the type of defense that he runs is a great defense. So the Jets, letting go of Adam Gase, to me that's been their best move since they picked him up. So I'm actually really excited for the Jets because Adam Gase was just a terrible, terrible head coach. In my point of view. Oh, yeah. He he was definitely, um, I think he's a better coordinator, offensive coordinator, than he is a head coach. Yeah. Sometimes a lot of these coaches, I mean, they're great coordinators, but they don't make good head coaches. And I think it's because they fail to realize what it all entails to but be a head he coach. But he piggybacked off Payne Manning. I mean, he did, but you still got to have a decent scheme, you know, or something I mean, that, something that you know, Payne Manning wants to run. I mean, yeah, I mean. I mean, granted, Manning, yeah. Payne Ma- Manning, one, I guess, he, he had runs, kind, of, kind of the same scheme but Peyton Manning ran that offense not Adam Gase Adam Gase did not run that prolific offense even though technically he called the plays you know Peyton Manning is the one that you know switched things up and did it his own way right still gotta have innovative plays to want to switch him up too yeah and which is the small credit I am giving him because I totally agree with you but again I do give small credit to where a the fact that Peyton Manning has pages to flip to to change to that are successful has something to do with his play calling because that is his playbook yes, that I he's mean, shuffling through. No, I understand. I understand. So that's the, the small bit of credit yeah. I'll give. But, uh, again, no credit really needs to be given because he's out. And, yeah. again, like you said, we got the, the new head coach coming in, which, again, is, is history here. We got the first uh, Muslim head coach, which is that, – that's always fun and exciting yeah, to no, see. That's, that's really fun, yeah. You know, just, just – more adversity and, and more diversity in the NFL. So that's cool. But, yeah, I like it. I think that teams who get defensive coordinators to be head coaches, they always seem to be very disciplined teams. Yeah. Does that always mean they win games no, and go to the playoffs? No, but I've noticed I, – I feel like more oftentimes than not, they're very disciplined and, and, and But I think this teams. will help the Jets. Yeah. Majorly. They got a lot of holes, though, too. 
they do have a lot of holes, but you know they got a second round pick. I mean a second second overall second pick. Second overall pick. They're gonna draft the quarterback. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. I think he's gonna go second. Yeah, probably. Just so Justin Fields, and then maybe you, they need to get some some weapons for him. That'd be the biggest thing. Their line isn't all that bad. They could probably trade Sam Darnold if they want. You know, just get some capital. Yeah. So, I think they have maybe they may have some options. That defense also looked very pretty good. I'm not gonna say very good. They looked pretty good during towards the end of the season. So, I think he has some, something to work with. So I think that will benefit him. And if he has the right personnel, because he's a defensive-minded head coach, he's going to think defense. But he needs to have those, you know, good quarterback coach, good offensive coordinator to grow the quarterback that they're going to draft. So I, I believe that's what he really needs, just that right personnel. Well, I mean, I think my favorite part about the hire is that he's not going to the Giants. So that always makes me happy. Yeah, you just say that because he's not in your division. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, again, hiding (laughs) the fact that I'm a Cowboy fan. Anything that benefits my team, I'm cool with. I wish something could benefit my team, but Patrick (laughs) Mahomes just ruins everything. (laughs) He just exists, so. (laughs) He just exists, so I can't. He's already in our division for 10 years, so, I mean, what what else can we do? He only signed, like, a half a billion dollar contract. Yeah, what else can we do, though, you know? Just get better, I guess. Yeah, just try to get better. Try to get a better everything. But either way, you know, it's it's a, it's a great pickup for Robert Malay. You know, it's just a great pickup for the Jets. And I think they're going to actually come up this year for, for that. But let's move on to, this, to these games, Jerry. These playoff games. Yeah. Down to the wire. Yeah. Only four games left. Four games. Well, four games this week, but you know what I mean, yeah. But it's going to be great games. All right. Well, I then. like these games. All right. It's just, to me, it's just a, a change of scenery compared to, like, all these last years, you know. It's just, it's different. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would say it's, it is different. I it mean, no different. Patriots, but we still got Tom Brady in there. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's just, just different though. So it's just fun to watch. But Rams at the Packers. Drew Brees. I mean not Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers. Sorry. And a beat up Jerry Goff. You know, Jerry Goff has a messed up thumb. But he still pulled it out last week against the Seahawks. But can he do it again against Aaron Rodgers? <sighs> to me, I don't think so. Aaron Rodgers loses a lot of time after a first round bye. But they're at home. I think that's going to be the biggest problem for the Rams. Because Aaron Rodgers never played at home. He never went... Then even when he won the Super Bowl, they didn't go through Lambeau Field. So do you think that's a good or a bad thing? I think that's a great thing. 
get that home field advantage. Yeah, especially for for the Packers. They got fans. They haven't had fans, but that's <laughs> actually a good point because I would hope so because they need those fans. Nah, they don't need these fans. I Aaron Rodgers is mean, playing just, phenomenal. I mean, They're the better team at the moment. I, I think they do need the fans. Just you know, just you have, want the fans. No. <laughs> fans make a difference you don't understand no I, I mean i know they do but i feel like honestly i feel like no fans is making more of a difference than with fans ask these quarterbacks I so you, you just need you think they just need that that jumbotron with the with the audio no i think well i mean yeah they have that for us but i don't think that's really going on in the stadiums like ask these quarterbacks man all these quarterbacks have been saying in all these interviews man my heart count is on point well yeah because they can hear it themselves <laughs> no because they're getting these defensive linemen to jump because there's no crowd to like you know muffle their their fake hikes you know their cadences to hide them out so they're actually getting these guys to jump off fields i mean heck we saw we saw a touchdown happen last week because they got him to jump against, uh, uh, what do you call it, Buffalo. So, I mean, something as subtle as that, you know, changes games. And I think that's helping more quarterbacks and offenses out than having a crowd. But it's going to be a good matchup, though. Like, between... No, I mean, I know it's going to be a good matchup, but I think it's going to be a good matchup if you like watching the Rams get smashed by the Packers. I just think... The... The Rams' defense is pretty good, and I think I don't think it's good. Devontae enough. Adams against Jalen Ramsey is going to be a good matchup. It is, but Aaron Rodgers just goes somebody else. <sighs> I don't know, because you're right. Devontae Adams might just eat up Jalen Ramsey alive. I don't think that's how it is, though. Dude, do you know how many touchdowns Devontae Adams scored? You know, this season, the only player with 50-plus receiving yards against Jalen Ramsey this season, since week one. You know who that is? Who? Mark Cooper and the Cowboys. That's the only player this season with 50-plus yards against Jalen Ramsey. All right, first of all, because Coop's a beast. (laughs) But second of all... Hold on, Coop or Dak? Los dos, dude. What do you mean? <laughs> They're both good. What? Like that? Is that even a real thing? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's the own. I mean, they played. All right, the look, Seahawks twice. I mean, all right. So it's like, like, look, you like, I know you like DK Metcalf, but he still hasn't made it yet. Like, look. I mean, this is, as long as he's second year, don't worry. He'll. I mean, get there. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying he can't be great, but I'm saying, like, look. Coop is still better than, than Metcalf. Like, there's still a handful of receivers that have way more respect. I don't think and, Coop is better than Metcalf. Well, I mean, that's because you don't recognize what makes a receiver good. I mean, that's what the numbers say. So. Okay, I mean, I guess if you're talking about just this year. But I'm talking about Coop's a better receiver because one, like you just stated it. I mean, it's only second year. But he, okay. he's, put, he's putting in number. He's putting up work against the best, uh, you know, cornerbacks and on top of that he still had a phenomenal season and this is without Dak Prescott like you know that's some he's he's doing some DeAndre Hopkins type things where he's putting up numbers without a quarterback you know Metcalf's got Russell Wilson like (laughs) yeah 
You know what I mean? So like, let, let's chill out. You know, Cooper's got more skins on the wall than than the Metcalf does at the moment. So again, narrative can always change. But uh, but don't get me wrong though. I think I, I still think the Green Bay Packers are gonna win this game. Yeah, and it's because Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are probably gonna just eat up. Yeah, I think it's just to me, it's more of a Jared Goff thing. Well, that too. I but see, it, it, if you would tell me the Rams were coming in completely healthy and the and the Packers were coming in completely healthy, I'm still picking the Packers. Yeah, and I feel like you know I'm pretty I'm pretty sure the majority of the fan base and just feels an, that way. And it's interesting fact on Jared Goff. Jared Goff has zero touchdowns, five interceptions, a thirty-four point five passer rating, and two career starts again in thirty-five degrees or below weather. Well, he's got little hands, so when it gets cold, they get they get they hurt. How are you gonna talk about his hands, bro? I mean, it was a huge topic during the draft season. Oh, okay, I guess that's just he's got small hands. Yeah. You gotta get them hand warmers really good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, either way, I got the Packers winning twenty eight seventeen against these Rams. Thirty seventeen Packers. You had to, huh? Yeah. I guess. Now right, let's move on to the next game. Ravens at the Bills. You didn't think Lamar Jackson was going to win that first game, did you? Um, No, but, it, I mean, it also didn't surprise me that he won it. I mean, you were shocked. I mean, I wasn't shocked. I honestly, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I said this on the podcast. These teams are essentially the same. They're the same team. They yeah. just play good defense. I, I, the ball. I also thought so. And it, it did exactly like a, I kind of honestly told you. I'm like, it could go either way. No, you thought the Titans were going to win. I mean, I did, but I said, I said that <laughs> Lamar Jackson is the most electric player and that at any yeah. moment he can score 90, and, and like, that's exactly what he yeah, did. exactly. And that was that was the difference was just his ability. And, it, and that's all it took. It was just that one time where the defense couldn't contain him, and that was it. One that, time? They couldn't contain him all game. No, but it was the one time that scored. Oh, the like that 40 or 50-yard run he yeah, had. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, like, I mean, you look at the end of the game, I mean, they lost by what? A touch or a like, a, like a field goal or yeah. something like that. It was, that was like, a low-scoring Yeah, game. it was like a four-point. Like, it was four points or something like that. So, like, it, it literally came down to, in my opinion, just that, that one play where they couldn't contain him and he broke it for a touchdown. Yeah. Like, that that was the, the difference. And um, But he's also been better at passing. Like, I mean, he has, he has but I mean, it's still not it's still not to the par that it needs to be. And he just needs to continue to develop on it. I mean, I don't think he's going to he's not it's not going to be satisfying enough this season for me to be like, yeah, he, he's good at passing now. Like, it's just this season. He's just he wasn't a good passer. He needs to develop. It's cool. Like next year, we'll see what happens. Um, now, when it comes to this game against Josh Allen. He does not have a chance. I don't think he has a chance. I think Josh Allen and what Stephon Diggs are doing is pretty much ridiculous. Like again, they're just another that it's another relationship, you know, quarterback wide receiver kind of similar to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams where they're just in complete sync, you know what I mean? Like the amount of receptions he's getting, the amount of yardage, just you know, all types of routes that Stephon Diggs is able to run, you know, and obviously Josh Allen's able to put it anywhere. So, um yeah, that on top of the fact that they got it, you know, a solid defense. I mean, I got, I mean, I got some interesting takes on this because the Ravens haven't allowed 
a hundred yard receiver. Well, they they have they have allowed the fewest amount of a hundred yard receivers this season. In the NFL. Cool. I mean, Stephon Diggs will just be one of those few. But Josh Allen is five and zero versus top ten total defense this season. I mean, cool. It's kind of just feeding into the narrative. I already know. I, mean, I know. He, I just, he, he I just had to throw that no, out. Yeah, you know, no, just no, for those, the people. Yeah, no, yeah, they're cool. So it's gonna be a very competitive match, in my opinion. Well, I mean, come on. It just it says what I said. I mean, like they don't allow much. Well, Stephon Diggs, I bet you he's one of those guys who breaks, you know, teams down. And then well, Josh Allen, it, you just said it yourself. Like when he plays against tough defense, what does he do? He he elevates his play. So uh, I mean, he's undefeated against topper topper ranked defenses. You just said so. Uh, there you go. I mean, and the, and their career stats is. It's kind of surprising. Lamar Jackson, 67 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. Josh Allen, 67 touchdowns, 31 interceptions. So, I mean, they're kind of the same as far as in career stats. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I would still say that uh, Josh Allen showed that he's... Well, this year, he's way better, in my opinion, especially in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, well, that's his position. I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm more impressed. I mean, but I'm more Lamar impressed Jackson with- also had that that type of production last year, you know, so. It's just, I think it's just the feel of the game for either quarterback, in my opinion. I mean, it's still early to see because for all we know, Josh Allen could, like, suck next year and then, we'll, you know, and Lamar yeah, could be Yeah, I mean, he could have just had a good season. Yeah, which is what I think Lamar honestly had last year. I think that yeah. was more – that's not the outlier, I think, of what, you know, Lamar Jackson will more honestly be. So so what's your take on this game? What do you think he's going to win? I think Josh Allen's going to dominate this game. I like Stephon. Dominate? Yeah, I think Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are just too good right now. Okay, so what was the score on this? But they are playing against two of the better, you know, cornerbacks uh, in the league. Mm-hmm. But I still get Stephon Diggs is just too good. So I'll, I'll go. Um, I think I think this will get out of hand. I think this is going to be thirty to like twenty. It seems closer than what it is, but they get some late points. The Ravens do to make it seem only I thirty to twenty. I think it's going to be a touchdown. Within the touchdown type of game. And I think the Bills will win 27-21. Dude, Josh Allen can put up, like, 21 points in for the first quarter. I mean, I don't I don't doubt that, but I think they're going to have a really hard time with this Baltimore defense. Right. I just think when it's— Because even the ten- Tennessee Times were top-scoring defense. I mean, top-scoring offense, so— they even had trouble scoring on this defense. But can we honestly compare the Titans offense to the Bills? No, I'm not saying that. But there were still a top scoring offense, top ten. So, yeah, I guess that's fair. But I still got to. I still think that we need to have context and recognize. You know, there's good offenses, and then there's like, you know, there's like elite type offenses. And I feel like Josh Allen is one of those quarterbacks, especially right now in the season. Him and Stephon Diggs are basically what they want to do is what's going to happen. They're like, okay, I want, I need 10 yards. All right, cool. I'll get you 11. All right, cool. We need this touchdown. All right, cool. No, I love their chemistry. Don't get me wrong. I do love their chemistry. But that's why I also think they're going to win. 
Yeah, you're right. It'll be a good game. We'll see. Yeah, it's just it's gonna be a back and forth game to me. I just think that because also Josh I, th- Allen I, I also up, think the pressure is a lot gonna be on Josh Allen too. You know, he's gonna have that pressure on this in this game, and Lamar Jackson. So it's just that's why I think it's gonna be an interesting game for me. Yeah, it'll be fun. But let's go to an, the next game. I kind of want to save this one for last though. All right. But let's go to the next one. Bucks at the Saints. Two old heads going against each other. Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Interesting matchup. What do you think is going to happen between these two old farts? Man, as much as I hate to admit it, I think Tom Brady's going to win this game. I think Jerry, uh, don't tell me this. I just think that their offense is clicking more than the Saints. And, uh, I mean, I feel like they're both their defenses. I mean, the Saints might have a little bit better of a defense, but for the most part, they're pretty much even as far as defense. But the last matchup they had, the Saints dominated them. Dang, you know what? That bit of information did not change my outlook. <laughs> and uh, I still think that <laughs> Tampa Bay is going to win. The rematch, re, re, uh, rematch revenge yeah, game. Yeah, the revenge game. Yeah. yeah. I, like, there's very few times Tom Brady loses, you know, to the same person, let alone, like, back-to-back games or whatever. This isn't back-to-back. But, I mean, he doesn't lose very often to the same guy in the same season twice. Yeah. That's what I'm predicting is uh, – I'm just going to say 30 on all these teams. <laughs> just 30 on 30, all these high-scoring yeah. teams. Yeah, there's like, yeah, he's going to score like 30, but this is going to be a close one, 30 to 28. 30 to 28. Okay. This, this is probably going to be the most close matchup, I feel. Really? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. All right. As much as I hate saying this, I really hate saying this, but I think the Bucks will beat the Saints. At the Saints, they'll have their revenge. Tom Brady will have three touchdowns in this game. And I think they will beat them 27-24. Damn. Very close matchup. And Brady just continues to push for another ring. Unfortunately, I hate it. But I'm a realist. You know, I'm a realist. And I think Tom Brady is going to win this matchup. I just think Drew Brees doesn't have it in him anymore. He doesn't. His arm is Yeah, dying. it's just he's just not there no more. And I feel like Tom Brady still has it in the tank. You know, what were we talking about before the before this podcast? Tom Brady forty touchdowns. Yeah. Almost the same as his age. That's crazy. 40, he's 43, 40 touchdowns. That's insane to me. It's just like he hasn't lost a step. If anything's gained a step. Eventually we'll be right. If anything's gained a step, someday we'll be right. Eventually we'll be right when Some, he's done. Yeah, someday he's really going to just fall off the cliff. But One day. Right now we're not right. And I think. It could be Sunday. No, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> but either way. Yeah, Tom Brady will win this, in my opinion, and Jerry's opinion, so. Yeah. Interesting, interesting matchup. (laughs) But my favorite matchup of the week, 
Browns at the Chiefs. I'm just going to say, this is my upset. My upset of the week. I think the Browns are going to win this one. Jerry. Don't tell me you agree what with me. If you fuck? agree with me, I'm going to be pissed. Jerry, what the fuck, bro? Okay, cool. You don't agree? I fucking agree with you. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Look at this. Well, that's good. I like it. All right. Well, let me hear your. All right. Before I steal your thunder, then go ahead. Why, why do you think so? All right. I think the Browns are going to control the hell out of this clock with this running attack. Baker Mayfield would do enough to hold Patrick Mahomes on the bench. And I think this Browns running attack will have over 200 yards in this match. So keeping Baker, I mean, keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field, this decent Browns defense with Time of possession going their way, in my opinion. I just think the Browns are going to win this. They have the momentum. And Patrick Mahomes hasn't played in two weeks. So I also think they're going to have a little bit of rust going into this game. And I have the Browns winning... 24-23 in a very close matchup coming down to a two-point conversion, in my opinion. I couldn't have said it better myself. I Yeah, I mean, like, literally, we're, we're everything. I think in order for the Browns to win this game, I think both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I don't even know if they're both starting, but they both need to start regardless of situation. And the revenge game. And they need to both rush for over 100. I just think they need to have two running backs rush for over 100. Yeah. Hopefully, they have a completely healthy staff. I'm pretty sure they do. I think they do. And I don't uh, think they have any COVID sparks. Yeah. Anymore. So, I think if they have a completely healthy backfield, as long as they don't have any random wide receiver outbreaks, I think they could do exactly like you said. Control the hell out of the clock by running the heck out of, you know, Kareem Hunt, who wants revenge for getting cut. You know, Nick Chubb just just pound the ball all game, wear out that defense. I think play action is going to be huge. I think Baker Mayfield, if 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 Patrick Mahomes throws a forty yard bomb and scores a touchdown, I think Baker Mayfield has one or two plays where he can throw a yeah. nice play action for thirty or forty yards and score just as quickly if they need to. Yeah. I don't think they want to at all, but if time needs to, I think he'll be able to. I think, again, just controlling the clock, really great defense. My key players are obviously the two running backs. Miles Garrett needs to have a hell of a game, pass rushing against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And Denzel Ward needs to shut out Tyreek Hill. I have no idea. I don't I don't I don't see that not being possible. I, I can I extremely see that Denzel Ward is easily the top three best corner in the league right now. And uh I just don't see no, how. I'm not. Gonna say, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm saying it's it's very possible. I just. Oh, okay. I just think. I just don't know who is going to stop Travis Kelsey. I don't think they have a player yeah, to I do it. That, I don't think they have nobody to stop, stop Travis Kelsey. But if you're going against the Chiefs, 
And if you can at least stop Tyree Kill and you can at least stop Patrick Mahomes, you know, just stall him. Slow him down, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be enough for you to win the game. I think so, too. So with all that being said, with the pressure coming to Patrick Mahomes, the the rust, like you said, that factor, um, you know, obviously the confidence coming in with the, you know, the the Browns, that running game, I'm predicting a win. I'm predicting a very close one like you. Yeah. And I'm predicting 28-27 Browns. Okay. I think, very exciting. Yeah. Ideally, all four touchdowns come in the ground game. I actually agree with that. Baker Mayfield has a nice, you know, 200-yard game. 220 no, yeah, yards. Yeah, no <laughs> touchdowns, no interceptions, throws for 70% completion, and you just have two running backs who have a combined of, like, 250. Yeah, especially against this very – it's vulnerable. A, yeah, it's a Chiefs it, it running is, attack. Yeah, it definitely can be compromised, and I think it is compromised. And I think it hasn't been tested because of the fact that they've been able to just relax. The fact that they've always had leads, and they've just been able to pin their ears back and attack quarterbacks, but they've never had to stop the run and not a run attack like this. Yeah, definitely. And so this is my upset. Uh, the Browns are just a fun team. I said at the beginning of the season. Um, We'll see if their season continues. <laughs> That'll be fun to watch, actually. And I really hope it does happen for the Browns. But I'm not just saying I'm not saying they're going to win because I want them to win. I'm saying this because they actually have a shot to win. You know, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I feel like there's every time I envision games, I'm always thinking, well, what's the formula? What's the scenario in order yeah. for them to win? And this scenario it's not that big of a stretch. It's not. It's not a stretch. You know at what all. I mean? It is it easier said than done. Hell yeah. But but there's a plan. You know. Yeah. Run the ball. Control the clock. And, and you have a chance. No, I definitely agree. And this is probably by far my favorite matchup this week. I think ideally, if you're the Browns, you want to control the clock yes. like 38 minutes. You want to go basically 40-20. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna, I was gonna say like four more forties. Like, but, if, but I mean, that's honestly, I don't know how even. I, I don't even yeah. know if that's ever happened before. Actually, I think it has. 40, 40 minutes of possession by one team. No, I think I've seen that happen, but more realistically, you know, thirty five, thirty eight, something yeah, like that. Around but, there. But ideally, if they could go forty twenty, control the clock, keep Patrick Mahomes out the field, and I think they have a really good chance of winning this game. Yeah, and then the Browns can finally go to the Super Bowl. That'll be fun to watch. Too early, right? Too early. Uh, nah, it's not too early. I think it's the perfect <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, you got, you got to. You start dreaming high now. It's yeah. right there. It's right there. It, it's a good matchup. Good matchup. But you know what? That's gonna bring it to the end of this podcast. Great matchups. Go watch these games. And you know, keep up with your team. I'm AD. And I'm Jerry. And you can follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk TDs. And you can email us at Let's Talk TDs at gmail.com for any comments, concerns, or if you want to give us some suggestions on our podcast. Let us know. Peace. Later.